Hayes, Alexander, Shabbat for three, bang, oh! will get it for the win. What's going on guys? Welcome to Time Dropper 24 minute recaps episode number 84. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on all platforms at YouTube at Time Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcast. Follow us on Spotify and of course to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. So for tonight's episode, we're going to get into the final meeting of 3 in the hallway series this season. The Clippers the Flippers sweeping the Flakers uh, this regular season, winning the third of three games tonight. 118-94. to um, The Clippers win it at the Staples Center, sweeping the regular season series against the Lakers. Let's get into the game. No LeBron, no Dennis Schroeder. Clippers, for the most part, fully healthy. Just Serge Ibaka still out. We're waiting on him. And the Clippers, as they usually do against the Lakers, come out with a vengeance. And they were all over it tonight from the jump. I thought that our ball movement was really good. I thought Kawhi set a really good tone. He was getting to the rim and making plays, whether it be kicking it out. Well, he hit a couple threes in the beginning, two threes in the first quarter, which made Laker players close out a little harder, run him off the line. He was making the extra pass, finding guys like... Reggie Jackson, who started out with two first quarter threes. He would only finish with two threes on two of five from the field. He finished four of seven from the field, had a very solid 10-point night. But Kawhi, Paul George was letting everybody get involved. It was mostly Kawhi kind of orchestrating in the beginning of the game. He was getting in the paint, found Zubats for a couple layups and dunks. And Marcus Morris Sr. also got some good looks and made him as well. Anthony Davis was the one guy that was problematic uh, or looking like he was going to be problematic in this game. And we drew a little bit of luck with Anthony Davis tr- like tripping over the scores table, basically. The advertising, uh, advertising like LED little NBA thing stretching outside of the scoreboard. And he was backpedaling and hit it. I mean, Laker fans, you got to be nervous with this guy whenever he falls to the ground. Like, he is, an, he is exactly how we heard about in New Orleans. The one concern everybody said when he came here to Los Angeles was that he was going to be injury prone, that he's slightly fragile. And despite the fact that he hasn't had too many serious injuries in his career, with maybe this one being the most serious possibly, I'd have to look back at his history. But from my memory, I think I think 2016 he had some injuries. But this year as well. But he hasn't had too many crazy big injuries. The thing is, he's a risk though. Uh, he's fragile. He always has little injuries. You know, last season it was just... I, I kept saying this. I didn't have a podcast to prove it. But I just kept saying how... The Laker fans are so lucky that Anthony Davis has had such a good season of health because that was just, you know, kind of rare in a way. And it was the best season of his career. And that, you know, hiatus in the pandemic, honestly, maybe helped prevent an injury for Anthony Davis. But, you know, I don't think he's actually seriously hurt or anything like that. They said that he was out with back spasms, though. In, uh, in the second half, that it wasn't the ankle. I think that's just a fancy way for the Lakers to say, look, we've started out poorly in this game. 
We're going to throw in the towel, and then we're going to go play tomorrow against Portland because that game is massive with them one spot underneath the Lakers sitting at that seventh spot. And if you're the Lakers, that playing game is looking oh so dangerously close. And I obviously don't want to play in that playing game if I'm the Lakers, but Reggie Miller actually made a decent point tonight in commentary and was saying how maybe it's better that the Lakers play the playing games to give LeBron and AD and the squad some rhythm together instead of jumping right into a first round series. Laker fans, tell me what you think of that. But so I think that the Clippers came out well in the first quarter, but I think that we really took it to another level when our bench came in for a little bit. We went with the total bench unit of Boogie, Batum, Rondo, Bev, and this was Kennard, actually. Went with Kennard instead of Terrence in this one. And it was okay for the first couple of... Jesus, gotta stop doing that. Um, it was okay for the first couple of minutes to end that first quarter. We were up 29-20 after one. I thought our defense was good. But I also thought, again, the Lakers completely bail us out sometimes. Like, for me, looking at this from an opposition, Laker fans, nobody is worried about your role players taking three-pointers that are not wide open. If they're not wide open, we are chilling with that. And the Lakers, you know, could have built our new stadium for us with all those bricks tonight. 13 of 31. Actually, 42% from the three-point line isn't even bad. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the Clippers percentage. Lakers were 10 of 36. That sounds more like it. 28% from three. They shot 38% from the field. 33 for 87. And 18 of 29 from the line. Montrader Harrell in charge of four of those misses. He was 6 of 10 at the line. And, of course, Andre Drummond, three of six. Let's talk about him some more. Again, you know, <laughs> he's just not that good. You know, you attack him on defense as much as you can. He's not quick enough or agile enough to guard two guys in situations where he needs to play help defense. You know, he's not going to make any, he's rarely going to make any big defensive saving, possession saving, or basket saving plays or anything like that. His offense, is his fundamentals are just weak and you know, he started doing a little bit of that bully ball in the third quarter with Zoo. But for the most part, I saw Laker fans all over Twitter complaining about him and how Marcus Saul. Let's see how many minutes Marcus Saul played tonight because it wasn't enough. Six minutes. Again, this is unacceptable. This is this is Glenn Rivers type tendencies here from Vogel. Uh, you you're going with name over game. You're going with name over fit. Gasol. Has, I don't know what's happening here, and I love. I actually love it. I want this to continue. But LeBron and somebody on that coaching staff, I guarantee, will be too smart to let this continue. That Gasol needs to be playing because Drummond is just, it's not good. And Marc Gasol needs to start when LeBron comes back because why make LeBron have to adjust to a new starting lineup with this guy? He is not good enough to make LeBron adjust at this stage. Not coming off an injury, not with the circumstances that's happened this season. If you're the Lakers, you need the best chemistry going into the playoffs, because all you need is health. You've taken out rhythm here. The Lakers have sacrificed rhythm, being cautious with his injuries here. So you have to just go with the five that knows each other the best. Kuzma, Anthony Davis, Marcus Saul, KCP, and Braun. That's it. Or, I'm sorry, Kuzma comes off the bench, Dennis and Braun, which brings us back to that initial lineup of the Lakers that was doing so well this season, which was Kuzma coming off the bench as like a six-man energizer bunny, and then had Dennis, AD, Braun, Gasol, KCP. That is the best Laker team. And then you added Markeith and Ben McLemore off the bench and Montrader. You know, I honestly just don't think Drummond was necessary. I think that if they wanted a rim-protecting big, Damian Jones should have just been kept. This guy is nothing special. He, You know, I think the Lakers did it as a panic move, honestly, for Brooklyn. 
They did it as a panic move. And to be honest, I think that that's the only series he's going to be effective in. Because I would rather have Montrader out there if I'm a Laker fan than Drummond. Because he's just, unless you're getting killed on the glass, he's just more skilled. At least Montrader brings you buckets. But anyway, let's continue with the Clippers and how we were able to blow this game open in the second quarter. We went up 36-22. The second Paul George came in, Rondo just took off with that second unit. He was masterful again playoff controlling the game pushing the pace talking on defense you know a couple times you could hear rondo going hell nah or just talking about he knows what players we want to let shoot he knows certain and that's the thing about rondo he can be lazy on defense but there are times where like he knows what he's doing he knows he's being lazy on purpose he knows who to try against and who to not really like close out hard against and he gets, you know, he forces some misses, and we get in transition. He found Kennard for a three, and the very next play, he finds Paul George for a three, and then we're up by 15. And then when we come back from the commercial, Boogie Cousins, three consecutive possessions, barbecued chicken on Montrader. I was so happy seeing that. Demarcus Cousins, how great has he been? How great has he been? And Laker fans, how much does it suck that you guys had this guy? He didn't play a second for your team, and now he's cooking you guys for the Clippers. That must suck. My God, three straight possessions in the post, dominating. He has been fantastic, and then he was able to step out and hit that three ball. Rondo was wheeling and dealing in those pick and pops. Paul George, I thought he was so solid tonight, not forcing anything, just being aggressive. You know, when guys were, and the refs were for periods of the game, were letting some hand checking and physicality go by, but Paul did a good job of selling that hand contact. You know, this is modern NBA. Sell that motherfucking hand contact because they're going to call it on certain other guys. And Paul was doing a good job of that. He got to the line five times. He made all five free throws, and he stayed extremely efficient. He had our, he had the highest plus minus of any player tonight, Paul George, plus 26. In my opinion, he was the best player Again, for the second consecutive game for the Clippers, 24 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 turnovers though, I didn't like that, but 8 of 12 staying very efficient, 3 of 5 from 3. I think that Paul has been fantastic against the Lakers this season, just very good. But you know, obviously it doesn't really matter, we want it to be good in the playoffs but yeah, loved seeing Boogie, loved seeing Rondo. Batum, again, put in a solid shift, 5.6 rebounds. And I thought we just did a good job in that second quarter of just continuing to pile it on without Anthony Davis there. You know, just keep moving the ball, keep getting open shots. Marcus Morris Sr. stepping into some shots. Kawhi was being aggressive. And, you know, the, the Lakers would always throw a help defender on Kawhi. And he was making the right play tonight. Less double teams but more just get by somebody, and he was working a bit Kawhi. He had some nice moves in there. He was getting by the initial defender. The second defender came, and he made the right play every time. I was really happy with the way Kawhi played. He had 15 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists. I thought his defense was sharp, and I thought our defense overall was pretty sharp. Uh, 4 of 9, though, from Kawhi, 2 of 6 from 3. Again, though, I said last game I kind of want him to start getting himself in rhythm scoring-wise before the playoffs, and I wanted him to shoot 15 to 20 shots. Nine shots. I don't want him to start getting too comfortable and start being like a playmaker and trying to make Paul George be our best scorer. That's what I don't want. Kawhi needs to stay aggressive. But I think he did fine tonight. You know, we won by 24, so I can't complain. Uh, shout out to KCP. He postered Zoo. But Zoo had a really good game overall. Five of five from the field. 14 points. Eight rebounds. Just taking care of business and finishing strong around the basket. I also thought that Patrick Beverly, even though he was one of five, I loved seeing him. And I think he's getting more comfortable again. 
Uh, he hit an open three tonight. He was one of two from three. And I just like seeing him out there build chemistry with Rondo because I think that Bev is going to help us down the line. And yeah, I thought that it was a really solid performance overall, ladies and gentlemen, for the Clips. Luke Kennard played a little more tonight. Six points on two of five in the field and two of four from three. Uh, I think one of those came in garbage time, though. But overall, really good to see the boys win two games in a row because there's only five games left in this season, and I just want to see us clean it out and win them all and go into that playoffs with good good chemistry and good rhythm. The Clippers move on to 45-22. and 22. They finish off with a 118-94 win over the Flakers. Um, Alex Caruso. Uh, Clipper fans are going to make a big deal about the fact that he got snapped off. I think that was a push-off. I haven't seen the replay again, but that, was, that looked like a push-off. Um, Caruso finished with 8 points, 3 of 8, minus 25. Uh, but that, I mean, that's not saying much. Uh, Andre Drummond, 9.6 rebounds, 3 of 5. Kuzma actually came to play tonight. I'll give it to him. 25 points, 5 boards, 4 assists, 9 of 19 from the field. But again, too many threes in my opinion. 3 of 10. We're more than comfortable with that. Wes Matthews, 1 of 5 from 3. Alfonso McKinney, 1 of 4 from 3. Markeith Morris, 1 of four from one of 3 from 3. Alex Caruso, 1 of 3. So we're totally comfortable with that. They need LeBron back ASAP. Andre, so again, Vogel needs to take a little bit of accountability here for the fact that he continues to, he's starting to go Glenn River style on this. Just consistently leave in liabilities in terms of Drummond and Montrader when Marcus Gasol has been, you know, very solid this season. But anyway, that's it for me tonight, guys. I don't really have much else to say. I don't think there was any other real games. Uh, good win for the Mavericks tonight against the Nets. And by the way, I've noticed this. What's up with Kevin Durant at the end of the games, guys? I've noticed besides the Denver game that I talked about this season, Nets-Nuggets, where Durant had a really good game, and that was like in January or something. He's been suspect closing out games. I mean, the Charlotte game on the road, the Wizards game at home, the Wizards game on the road, tonight, the Milwaukee game the other day. He's had some suspect performances closing out games this season. Um, just, just watch for that in the playoffs. I think he sometimes gets baited into too many of those threes that, again, he hits. But when he's got a good defender on him, a contested three, no matter who it is, it's not the best shot. I know he hit, and here's the funny part. People will be like, that's how he gamed LeBron in the finals. Look at how LeBron was playing defense. He was sagging off. He didn't step up. That was stupid, foolish. I remember watching that 2017. And again, I was rooting heavily for the Cavs. And I was like, how did Braun not know that KD was going to pull up into that? Like, that's his signature shot. And he was backing up as if he was going to... When you, when they were only up by two... When the Cavs were up by two. Like, traditionally, you would let a guy shoot a three and not try to get by you. But not with the 2017 Warriors. Anyway, different point. Um, That's it for me tonight, guys. By the way, another gutsy win by the Wizards, Westbrook, 13, 17, and 17, poor shooting night, 24 points for Robin Lopez off the bench, the Wizards now move to 31 and 36, and Westbrook, I cannot believe I'm saying this, guys, but history is in the cards here, we are about to witness Russell Westbrook pass the great Oscar Robertson, in all-time triple-doubles. The guy that was introduced to me as a kid as Mr. Triple-Double, an unbreakable record, something that I never thought would happen ever again. Little did I foresee the offensive explosion the NBA was going to go through and the softness of the game. But man, you got to give Russell Westbrook credit. He has just been unbelievable. 
And just over the course of his career, just the regular season, you know, I know sometimes he can prioritize the stats a little bit, you know, sag off and wait in the key for the rebounds and sometimes not be playing great D off the ball and then sometimes maybe force a pass. Uh, that's not fully there to get an assist. But, man, I just love that guy's heart. And he's a legend in his own right. Russell Westbrook is going to pass Oscar freaking Robertson. I can't believe it. It's 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 very surreal. And I'm excited to witness history. Um, is he better than Oscar Robertson? Well, not a chance. Anyway, the, the Hawks drop in tonight to the Pacers. I'm looking at the stat lines. Trey Young with 30 and 10 on 10 of 19. Bogdanovich with 28. John Collins with 25. I guess they just didn't get much off. They couldn't stop him, I guess. The Pacers scored 133 points. 30 points, 8 rebounds, and 9 assists for DeMontis Sabonis. 31 for Karis LeVert. And 19 for TJ McConnell. Wow, every single starter for the Pacers in double figures. So that's a big win for them as they fight to try to get into one of those last spots. The Warriors with a 21-point victory tonight against the Thunder. That's a good win, just taking care of business. Warriors are now over 500 again at 34-33. and 33. They're 20-11 and 11 at home, so it's really on the road where the Warriors seem to struggle. Let's see if Draymond Green scored over 8 points. He didn't. He only scored 5. 9 rebounds, 9 assists. Curry with 34-4-7. 25 for Michael Mulder and 14 for Jordan Poole. 18 for Andrew Wiggins and 13 for Kent Bazemore. So when you get those kind of contributions across the board, it's usually going to be a good night for the dubs. Anyway, that's it for me tonight, guys. I want to make an announcement. So this, by the way, as of tomorrow, the 3-1 rant will be re-uploaded and reinstated to the channel. So you can watch that as much as you want as the playoffs approach. I can't imagine how many more reactions and rants we're going to have coming up forward. We're going to start getting back into that bag. And then on next week, we will release our first ever Dime Dropper featuring Oregon Ducks guard Will Johnson. He's also my friend. He is our first guest. He's close to home. The grandson of Marcus Johnson. And the son of former UCLA uh, champion, Chris Johnson. He's, But more importantly, he's my friend. He featured in Is the NBA Getting Better and Better as the person that challenged my initial views on what I knew about the modern game and everything I knew about basketball and forced me and, you know, challenged my mind to look at the old school rules. So we're gonna, he, he roomed with Peyton Pritchard at Oregon. He played with Bull Bull. He played with Troy Brown. So we're going to talk about all those guys with him and Coach Dana Altman. And we're also going to talk about, you know, the family lineage and about, you know, the modern NBA and what made him change his mind about the league that he, you know, want, aspired to be in and why he started showing love to his grandpa's generation and the older players and why he came to me with that stuff and eventually was part of the reason why I went deep into the um the archives so one more live guys it's gonna be i believe on saturday but maybe tomorrow maybe tomorrow but i don't think tomorrow um i'm thinking it's likely gonna be saturday maybe sunday but i think about one a maximum two more lives but i'm thinking it's probably gonna be one live Thanks for joining me tonight, guys. Ending five minutes a little early. Now we're going to go to the live subscribers waiting so patiently in the YouTube chat. Thanks so much tonight for coming. Good win for the Clips. Five more games till the nerves and the greatest, greatest basketball is played. The playoffs. That's what it's all about, baby. The coverage will be coming 
the hype will be coming, the drama will be coming, and you can get all of that here on Dime Dropper, where Dime Dropper is going to make it seem like it's the biggest playoffs of all time, even without any fans, because I live for playoff basketball. Peace.